Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. To some, a baby's babbling doesn't mean much, but it does. Especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to a special edition of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. You can also email me if you have any questions or comments. Also, you want to have the email to, so you can win a prize. I give a lot of giveaways, books, tickets, all types of things. It's Saturdays with Joy Keys at Hotmail.com. Again, Saturdays with Joy Keys at Hotmail.com. And if you miss a show, all the shows are archived. You can check them out on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, Spotify, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. Well, tonight I have a wonderful actress. You probably have seen her recently on NBC's TV show, The End Game, or you might have seen her in First Wives Club. You might have seen her in Sylvia's Love. I don't know. You might have seen her on The Rookie. <laughs> She's all over the place. This is us, Army Wives. There's many places you might have seen her. But Ryan Michelle Bethay, thank you so much for coming on the show this evening. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> now, let me ask about how do you pronounce your last name? I just want to get the correct pronunciation. You know, I was actually going to say thank you for pronouncing my name so beautifully. Like, I have heard it butchered and mangled and stuttered and just all around not said correctly, but your pronunciation was chef's kiss. Oh, awesome. Thank you. One down, 20 to go, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so you are busy, busy, busy bee, and your husband a busy bee. How are you guys yes. – balancing do you have this huge calendar on a wall like in your house and it's like okay this is coming up in march and well i'm going to do this in november <laughs> and and you're going to do this in september uh oh but wait you know uh now cbs called me like how do you balance <laughs> well i wish we were that organized we do have a calendar in the kitchen but it's it mainly centers around the children and their, like, what they're doing. Um, okay. You know, I think that's actually a really, really good question because when we first started our careers, it was sort of like, um, you know, catching pennies from heaven type of thing. You know, you'd run over there, run over there, grab it. Now run over there, run. You know, like it wasn't – there was not a lot of um, – uh, uh, you didn't know what was coming down the lane, as it were, coming mm-hmm. around the corner. Mm-hmm. You just kind of had to be prepared yeah. for anything. And and so we, when we started our family, it was, you know, one of us, and that person was me, was mostly there all the time because, you know, just, just the nature of where I was in my career, where we were, both of us, but specifically me, and being the one who had the baby and babies, 
you know, it was just yes. sort of like, well, you know, you're, you can't go on auditions because you're sort of waddling around. And then, you know, you do show up at an audition and people are like, whoa, you just had a baby. And you're like, yeah, but I'm ready to rock and roll. And they're like, no, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> oh, my God. For whatever Have reason, you-, you know. And then so, you know, things were, were very slow when we first started having children. And now that things are where they are, we're still kind of in – I think our brains are still a little bit in the mode of, like, catch as catch can. So maybe, maybe mm-hmm, we need to mm-hmm. expand our thinking. But right now it's like we've got Sterling is at home in L.A., that much we know. And when he leaves, I know I'll be home in L.A. And beyond that, okay. you know, we don't know much. <laughs> right, right. Now, you know, a lot of actors uh, or families that have, you know, kids and stuff, sometimes they decide to adopt. Or they want to have a surrogate. Have you guys ever thought about doing something like that? Definitely have had conversations about adoption. I have never had a conversation about having a surrogate. Um, um, You know, I know that there are a million and ten ways to make a family, and the best way is the way that works for you and your your family. Um, But Mm -hmm. I do think that adoption is, you know, I I, I go back and forth with adoption all the time because there's, you you know, there's no way to – most people think, oh, you know, what a wonderful thing. And I would never want to adopt from that perspective. Like, this is a wonderful thing that I'm doing because, you know, I, there's, I feel like it's hubris to say that I would be a better mother than someone's first mother. But at the same time, we all know that there are people out there who, for whatever reason, cannot give their children everything they want to give them for right, a right. Num- numerous reasons, you know. So I – I often, my prayer has been recently that if we do take that route, to, to, to take it with the best of intentions and the best, um, you know, the best spiritually grounded way of doing, of, of going through an adoption um, so that the outcomes are as good as they could possibly be. And then also let go right. of whatever the outcome is. You know, with your own kids, you got to let go of the outcome. You know, you have to. Yeah. it's not about you. Because... It's not about you. Every child has their own independent, you know, uh, personality. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was um, when I was looking some interviews up, I saw that your son was having some problems with his crushes, and it, he was talking about they kept moving away. Um, do you remember yeah. your first crush that you ever had when you were younger? Do you remember the person or the uh, name? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I totally do. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And I think I was, oh, my God, I, ha- so I, was, I was going to Zion Lutheran. So I had to have the one that I, the first crush I remember, I had to have been, oh, my God, how old was I? Kindergarten? Yeah, and I mm. definitely remember his name was Timothy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember my Timothy, first crush. I wasn't the- Timothy, right, of all things, right? Well, I wonder where Timothy is now, right? <laughs> I know he was very, 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 very smart. So I hope that he's somewhere like at Google or some tech company making lots of money. Um, I hope he got a different haircut because his haircut was cute at at five, but, you know, the bowl haircut, like he was very, very cute. He looked like Harry Potter. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Well, um, you have a a great um, husband doing some wonderful work. And uh, but now, how did you guys meet? 
do you remember, like, the first time you saw him or what you guys were doing? Did somebody introduce you? No, neither. That's so funny because neither one of us remember the first time we met. So we, we both went to Stanford University. We were in the same year at Stanford. So when you go to any, you know, any school they do, and especially if you live in the same dorm, they do all these meet and greets. And you probably have, like, 15 meet and greets, you know, like all the people in your dorm, you know, hook up and, and we're all going to have lunch together. All the freshmen are going to do this. And all the freshmen, we, and I went to Stanford and I lived in Uj, and so we divided by A wing and B wing and upper A and, 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 and you know, lower A and upper B and low, you know, so we had all of these. So it's like everybody on B wing come together. Everybody, on, So we don't remember because it's such a frenzy, those first like 10 12 days of school you're just you know you're right. in this line getting this and then you're got this event doing this and since we were always in the same sort of spaces and places we don't really remember the first time we met but we became friends because we both did um joe turner's come and gone with harry elam who was um a professor at stanford but also did a lot of directing he was a professor director etc cetera, etc cetera. and so that's actually how we developed became friends was because we did uh joe turner's come and gone together mm. now do you remember your first acting gig ever yes i do as a matter of fact yes. i was 10 years what old, was it and i did i did a psa for uh it was i think it aired in florida a lot and it was a psa for heart disease and uh how black men need to be more thoughtful about um knowing the signs of heart disease so that they can talk to their doctors. <laughs> that's a great thing. That's, that's a not, really that's great not thing. funny. That's a wonderful <laughs> just, just the fact that I remember it so much and we he he would and it was one of those commercials that have just the people's faces and then the voiceover. So he stood and then he had to make these faces like, you know, as the voiceover was saying, Did you know that heart disease affects black men at twice the rate and he'd make a face? And then it was like you know, get get yourself, get to your doctor for all the reasons. And then his wife came in, and she would put her head in, and then my face was last because these are the people oh. that matter. You know, and then my face came in. <laughs> <laughs> you remember a lot of detail about that. That is crazy. Okay, <laughs> is that not crazy? I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but I can remember that. <laughs> so now, when did you realize this is your career? Like, when did you say, like, I'm going to, mom and dad, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to school for this. I'm going to get my master's. You ended up getting your master's at uh, NYU. Uh, what, what was that uh-huh. moment like, okay, this is a career? I was um, still at Stanford, and I had thought that this was what I wanted to do when I was a kid, obviously. But, you know, um, I sort of thought, well, maybe this is a pipe dream and, you know, going – my mother and father were very adamant about me going to college, which they should have been. Um, and my mother was an actress, so, so she always – even though I was close to the business, she sort of made – sure that I was as far from the business as, as she could possibly get me. So outside mm. of that um, commercial at 10 years old, it just it, it just felt like it was getting further and further and further away. And then it was like, well, I'm going to college and excited not to go for acting. I did not, I did not want, I don't even, you know, it's actually a really good question because I don't know why I didn't go to school for, I, you know, I, I know why. I became very, very, very um, involved in academics in in high school, debate team, okay. um, different things like that. And I developed this love of sort of like 
you know, really challenging academic work. So I, I wanted to go to a challenging academic environment. And so I think I chose that over what I saw was a less challenging environment in terms of, you know, going just for acting or musical theater, et cetera, which I, I wonder, maybe, you know, who knows. Anyway, so that's why I ended up applying to the Ivies and to Stanford, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm saying that a lot. I'm not going to say et cetera, et cetera anymore. So <laughs> I found myself at Stanford, and, okay. you know, and I was like, all of the per- careers that I wanted to do and all of the things I wanted to do, I would tell people about the things that I wanted to do, and they would always talk me out of it because I would talk about it from the perspective of, like, the clothes you wear and the movie I saw about it. And I'm going to do, like, I kid you not, I wanted to go into the Air Force because I was, like, I want to be, like, Top Gun. And a friend of mine who was in the armed services at the time in the ROTC was, like, honey. No, no, that's not. He's a wonderful guy. He was, like, honey. He was, like, you are not Mm going to be. You're not going to shoot bogeys from Russia. Right. I was like, right, that's exactly. Right. <laughs> that's, but, but you know what? Be my, he's like, <laughs> but you know what? Now look at your character that you're playing. You're, you're playing this, you know, FBI agent, Val Turner, you know, on this show. Um, what did you tell the audience a little bit about this show? Tell, tell, tell the audience a little bit about the show and your character. Well, it's about Top Gun, and I fly a plane <laughs> all around. It's about... <laughs> Actually, it's you not far stop. Future because I still do, I don't know how this woman gets around New York so fast. She has to have a jet plane. She's like Wonder Woman. She has an in- invisible jet plane that she just flies all around. Um, no, but I do. I, it does take place in New York. In all seriousness, it takes place in New York, and it's about an FBI agent who um, comes across this incredibly um, astute, wise, funny international woman of mystery, and I'm the only one who a takes her seriously enough, and b understands how she thinks, so that I can um, uncover. Every week, what is she trying to do next? What is her, you guessed it, in game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and you guys and, are yeah. the main characters. You guys are the main characters, which is great, because usually you don't see women as, you know, the main character of a show and male mm-hmm. as supporting roles. Um, and both of you are very intelligent in, in different ways. You have different skills, some similar um, that come out in some of the episodes. I know, like the last episode, you guys kind of worked together. I won't give it away, but mm-hmm, you, know, they, uh-huh. you guys worked together to, to take something down, and um, that's very unusual. Did you know that was the the theme when you when you auditioned, or they told you after? Like, what was your thoughts? Um, what did you know about the show before um, you auditioned? Um, not much. I, I, I really didn't. I read the pilot, you know, and then, of course, between, I think, the first time I read the pilot to the second time I read the pilot, things changed. You know, there was a there was a, a, a rewrite, um, so things changed right. um, a lot. So, yeah, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I still don't. I have no idea. Like, I mean, I know how it ends, obviously, because I filmed it, from, but from, from script to script, day to day, Moment to moment, I, I, I still don't know. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, yeah so I, it's I, keeping us know. on our toes. Yeah, <laughs> <And> me too. 
Well, let me tell the, the some of the great actors you're working with, um, Morena, um, mm-hmm. Jordan Johnson, uh, Noah Bean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like him. That's your boss. He plays your boss. I, I don't. I don't like him as a character, not as a person. But in the, in this show, I'm like, oh God, could we just like, could he go somewhere? Um, I do like the guy, uh, Mark Damon Espinoza. He plays uh, Agent mm-hmm. Rogelio um, Real. I I feel so bad for him. Uh, he he found out some bad news about his friend that that was like I know he was I was like damn dude damn he was like pulling for her oh hard he like, was no. I, oh man I and then know. and then Elena was like Elena was like oh that's your girlfriend mm, what what kind of girlfriend she was teasing him oh my god right Elena was so shady was she not like, shady I was like okay. Oh. Why is going to be so shady? And Rogelio is my boy. Like, he's the actual director of the FBI, which I love. And Rogelio has had – the only two people who've had Val's back are Jordan Johnson Hines, who plays um, Anthony Flowers. Anthony Flowers mm-hmm. and Rogelio Real, man, listen, they got Val's back, let me tell you. And yes. I'm so appreciative. Yes. <laughs> Jordan, the guy, he told you off one day. He was like, look, I'm in the middle between your side and you and da 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 This is the top. You know, he was like, come on now. Um, but, you know, the crazy thing, um, there's a lot of, like, kids. She leaves you all these crazy notes. Like, every scene mm-hmm. you go to, there's, like, some note for you. That's, that was getting on my nerves a little bit, but um, it was good and, and bad. <laughs> Because it was like, damn, it's like a puzzle. Like, I've heard you mention, it's like, where's Waldo? You know? Yes, I have said that. And I stopped saying it because I was like, I don't know if anybody knows who Waldo is and why we're looking for him. But, yeah, often it often feels like a where's Waldo type of, like, you know, what am I doing now? Where am I going now? What do I need to find now? Oh, another little puzzle. Lord have mercy. Another story. <laughs> I don't want any more fairy tales. So if y'all are if y'all are frustrated with the fairy tales, it's very intentional. It's it's not we are we you know, we are all supposed to feel the frustration that Val feels in hearing another story. I'm like, girl, if you wanna stop with the stories and tell me what's going on I'm just, just trying to help exactly. you out. Exactly. But, nah. Right. She's actually <laughs> trying to help her. Own. She has her own agenda. I am. That we'll find out. I, I know. And I'm the only one who doesn't have an you. agenda. I don't have well, I don't no. Know what's going on. No. no let's My talk about your husband. My only agenda is to, like, okay, let's talk about him. Let's talk about your husband. Okay, because now in real life, would you rat out? Sterling, like, would you rat him out? Like, if he was doing something, like, right now with the Russia and helping the Ukraine or doing something crazy, would you would you rat him out? If I found my husband, I found out my husband was working with Putin, absolutely. I'd be like, oh no, oh, no. <laughs> oh baby, you got to go. I love you to death. What has happened? I mean, what is going on? You can't be a no, Putin, no, baby, no. Okay, but no, you know, something no. else, I think I'd have to be like. You know, I, I the idea that this woman was, I don't know, I, I think the way, for me personally, I would have to have Sterling's back just a teensy bit more, just a touch more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seemed like so easy because Elena says, like, you know, you even gave up your husband, you know. But I don't think so. She keeps going to the prison to see him. You know, and that's a real issue um, that African-American women, a lot of women are facing 
having to go to the prison to see their husbands or their sons or their fathers. Um, and um, the system is, is not made up to support that. You know what I mean? Like they, the system, the yeah. prison industrial complex moves these men, you know, from different places. So they can't go see them. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah, have no, no money for bus fare or train fare or, you know, all these things. It's, it's very difficult. I'm so, 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 so glad you brought this up because, honestly, it's been one of the things that I wish that we could actually have talked about and in all the interviews I haven't been able to talk about. And I just think that it's – so thank you for giving both of us the opportunity to speak on that because, you know, what they do to incarcerated people and to their families, you know, the the person who is incarcerated is not the only person who is incarcerated. You know, the Mm -hmm. system makes sure that the family is also in the system. They make sure that the family is also um, impacted as much as possible. And, you know, you think you have these, these, these older women who are the mothers of these, these men, you know, like you said, and, and some of them are older and can't, and can't get around. Some of them are young and have younger children and they can't get – I mean, it's, it's really – and like you said, they move them around or they send them way, way, way out where nobody could get to them. And then exactly. and oftentimes, did you know that they will – you, a, a family – can go, I mean, take time off, take time off work, and for no reason be turned away. There is no guarantee oh, yeah. that, you can, that you can see your loved ones. They can just I'm glad you brought that up. Can, I'm glad you brought that yeah. up because I was going to say that. The person could drive two or three hours or more to go see their loved ones, mm-hmm. and when they get there, for whatever reason, you know, your bra has a wire in it, you can't come in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, different things. Oh, he, he was acting up today in the lunchroom. Sorry, he, can get, he can't have, or, you know, she could be a she. Also, women are incarcerated. Mm-hmm. African-American women are incarcerated um, at higher rates, and, and they're not able to see them. So it's, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all for if somebody did something wrong, they need to pay for it, if you will. But um, uh, I'm not for the system we have currently, which is very, very punitive in many cases to uh, excess. You know, um, and like you said, mm-hmm. the, all the all the family, the family uh, as a whole, is affected by this situation. You know, so um, something 1, to uh, punishment is a mm-hmm, crime. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah. if a person is, you know, you should look at. I, I believe that punishment should be looked at holistically, and I think that that what, like you said, what we're doing right now is just look at the results. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. It's not something to be emulated. It's, it's one of the worst systems in the developed and modern and first world. I don't like the word first world, but, you know, it, it, is, it is not a system that works. It is not a system that produces anything other than more crime, more criminals, and it's a system that now needs itself to keep going. So it's just this big, lumbering, industrial complex that just spits people out only to suck them back in and... You know, I just, I, I think it's, I, I, I think it's a crime. I think it's a shame, you know, and, you know, when let I first Let me ask you this, script, let me ask you, ahead, Ryan, let me ask you about your kids. Have you had the conversation, you know, that African-American parents have to have with their children, and what have you told them? Yes, I have. You know, I, I talk to them all the time, and, you know, we talk about, we talk about all, I I try to talk to my children as much as possible about anything and everything to the point where they're like, oh, God, Mom, please stop talking. But <laughs> I have, and I just, 
<laughs> like literally they're like, please just punish us, beat us, do anything to stop docking. Because we talk mm. a lot about, you know, why did you do this? What was your thought process? Um, but I, yes, I have. And I have explained to my children, like, that there are going to be people that are looking to see them fall, specifically because they're African-American men, um, that are going to think less of them, that are going to um, automatically assume that they are less intelligent or more criminal or all of the things. And, you know, I've told them that it's, it's, it's no reason not to hold your head up super high. In fact, it's mm-hmm. a reason to hold your head up. Because everybody in your lineage, everybody in your family has dealt with the same thing, and we've all come out on the other side. We mm, all have something to be proud of. You have something to be proud of because being black is a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And you know what? It's not your job to change people's minds. It's not your job to educate people. It's only your job to be proud. And, you know, one of my favorite poems when I was a little girl was, um, uh, my mother calls me the brown sugar of her days, and my father says I'm the sarsaparilla in his tea. Yet they warn there are those who have brewed a bitter potion for children kissed long by the sun. So I approach the table with joy, but first I ask, who has set this table? Mm-hmm. And I share that with my kids. My mother shared it with me, and you know, I think that that's just is that Nikki what Giovanni? it is. Black no, is you know what? Honestly, no, it was that? it was in a it was in a book of poems that I read when I was a child, and I wish to. I think okay. it's I think it's Brenda Joy Smith. I'm not sure. I have to ask my mother. It was. It's not a. It's not Sonia Sanchez. It's not Nikki Giovanni. It's not my Angelou. Oh, okay. You know, I'm like, no, 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 no. I will. I'll see if I can figure it out. Yeah, and and again, like that's just my, like I said, my mother read it to me, and I read it to my kids. And there's jo- there's black boy joy, and there's black girl magic, but we just have the added, um, we just have the. I don't even want to say pressure or it, it's just we just have the extra thing that we have to do, which is say, who has set this table? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I try to well, explain. Ryan, well, Ryan, it's been great speaking with you. Uh, I have to let you go. But before I let you go, what would you, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, if I had a superpower, what would it be? Um. Wow, that is a really, really, really good question. Sometimes I think it's being able to fly. Okay. Um, but I don't think that because I would like the superpower to be able to have the superpower that I need in that moment. <laughs> that's okay. Okay. Right? All right because that's I was in want. New York and I was flying back and forth with my, for my kids, and, like, if I had had the power to teleport, that would be great, right? If I had the power to just think myself someplace. That'd be awesome. I could see my kids every night and just zap on back to New York, right? <laughs> zap on back. And also, yeah, I agree with you. Earlier on, you said, how did Val Turner get around New York? Because trust me, there ain't no way in Hades in real life. She was like, they were like, okay, we're just going to go downtown or we're going to go to Brooklyn. What? Get the freak out of here, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, 
Well, Ryan, thank you again for coming on. Everybody check out the Endgame, NBC. Uh, Ryan's on there. A lot of great people. Oh, you know, my Russian husband is on there. Um, Elena's, uh, the guy who plays Elena's husband, he was on the – Oh, my God. That's my Russian husband. Okay, just tell him I said hi. He was on the Americans. He was on the Americans, and I fell in love with him then. That's when I fell in love with him. Well, I will, I will tell him you said hello. We have, honestly, we have the greatest cast. Like, shout out to all of the people in the cast, especially Noah Bean, who plays Doki Doke, which is the one everybody loves to hate. And it's just a testament to how good of an actor he is because he's the best human being on the planet and plays the worst human being on the planet exceptionally well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, you, got, you have a great week, a great weekend, and all the best to you, your husband, and your family. Um, we, we love you out here in the African-American community. Um, you guys are both oh. great actors. Thank you. That means a lot. All right. It really does. Thank you so much. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> all right, well, I'll talk to you. Oh, real quick. Oh, we forgot. Your production company, Down on Maple Productions. Um, real quick, yes. what do you want to let us, let us know about that? Um, well, we have some really exciting stuff coming up, you know, in the sci-fi genre, in the, in the you know, uh, young adult, post-apocalyptic genre. Um, we got a lot of things coming, and it's all going to center voices and people and experiences um, that I believe need to be centered as we move forward in, this, in the, the early part of this new millennium. Excellent, excellent. Well, keep an eye out, people, for her production company, Down on Maple Productions. Thank you again. I'm going to let you go, and I'll be keeping an eye out for the for for the show, the uh, the end game. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. Talk to you later, Ryan, Michelle, Bate. Goodbye. Au revoir, my friend. Au revoir. <laughs> au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Bye bye. Be well. Thank, Thank you, me. everybody. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Just got off the phone with actress Ryan Michelle Bate. She's on NBC's The Endgame. Um, you're also going to see her on CBS All Rise. Um, you might have seen her on Sylvie's Love. Um, and also keep an eye out for her production company work, Down on Maple Productions. Uh, she signed a first-look deal with Viacom, CBS, and MTV Entertainment Group. Uh, thank you again for your support. Uh, I'll be having a show this coming Saturday. We're going to be talking about sarcoidosis. It's Sarcoidosis Awareness Month. Um, and we're going to have an uh, excellent author, Umar Tuaki, uh, on about his book. So you want to check that out this Saturday. You guys know I do giveaways. Uh, recently, I just gave two signed books away. So those are great things to keep uh, as keepsakes or give away as a gift for a birthday or Christmas present or something like that. All right, you guys have a great evening. To some, a baby's babbling doesn't mean much, but it does. Especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.